everyone. I'm Rachel Foley here with Ari Meglin, and we're your hosts for the Merry Writer Podcast. We're on episode 122, and this week we're asking, how do you write a good author bio? But before we begin, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening so you never miss a show. And if you enjoy this episode, please give it a like, write a review, and share it with your friends. Okay, so you finished writing your book, and now you need your readers to actually know who you are, because we're all nosy. All you need is an author bio for the back of the book and the back cover. I know. The last thing you want to do is talk about yourself, but writing an author bio is easier than it seems. Once you know the elements that you should include and extra tidbits you can add and things like that, all you need to do is plug in your own information and voila, you have an author bio. But first let's talk about why is your author bio so important? Well, for one thing, it introduces you and your work to new readers. It also shows the credibility of your work and establishes yourself as an author, and it can help convince people to buy your book. I just want to add, in regards to introducing you and your work, it also is a good opportunity to show people like your writing in its own way. And also like if you're a comedy writer, that's a good way to make your bio funny. Or if you're a horror writer, you can be a bit more like dramatic and things like that. So you can add flair to your author bio. Flair, that's such a good word for it. Because you're you're right. I have seen authors write their bios in like a certain tone or voice. And like you can, it really tells a lot about the author. Like if they're like a super sarcastic or snarky person in real life or something like that. Uh, Yeah, it's pretty cool how some authors definitely have fun with it. But then you also read other author bios where you can tell that they Googled a template and they just plugged in their information. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I mean, that's basically what I just said. Once you know the information, just plug in whatever, however it pertains to you, uh, you certainly can do it. And then as you establish yourself more as an author and more as a writer, then you can you can tweak around with it a little bit. And because uh, your author bio is gonna change over time. Um, your debut author bio is not gonna be the same type of bio as uh, your 10th book, for example. So yeah, definitely you, you can have fun with it. And you know, there are certain things that you can, um, that you gotta get into there in the bio, but you can certainly have fun with it and write it in your own voice, as Ari said. I think the idea of having a template, that does work. Cause sometimes, especially if you're going blank, when you're thinking how to write an author bio. So maybe you'll pull other people's books, read what they put, how they, they worded it. Obviously you've still got to use your own voice. But using a template is not bad, but use that as a base. Start with a template, drop in all the information and then sort of leave it to simmer for a couple of days and then reread it and then maybe tweak it and then give it to a friend and let them tweak it. So yeah, templates are good. Just if everybody uses the same template, we're all going to sound the same. Yeah, you you certainly don't want to sound like a robot, but I do agree. Yeah, look at uh, some other author bios that that you really like, that really jumped out at you because... I don't know how many people read author bios. I know, like I read author bios. I think they're interesting. Um, And I'm sure that there are some people who don't read them, but that's kind of part of the point of having an author bio is that you want it to stand out and be unique enough that a reader who doesn't typically read author bios, they'll, they'll glance at it real quick. And for some reason, something in there will, will hook them and they'll end up reading the whole thing. Thus, they'll learn more about you and they'll actually know where they can find you, such as your website and your social media and all that fun stuff. 
So with that said, what are some tips for writing an effective author bio? Uh, I mean, first, you want to include what your readers need to know about you, uh, not necessarily what you want them to know. That'll come later. For example, you can begin with your byline that explains who you are and what you do. For instance, Rachel Poli is a cozy mystery author of the debut novel, George Florence and the Perfect Alibi. Boom, done. Has my name, who I am, what I write, and an example of my work. And you can also add previous work to show relevance and credibility and how long you've been writing. You can also share where you're from and where you live and with who, if you want. Um, some authors do that like at the end of their author bios, they'll just say, you know, they currently reside in California with their husband and 12 dogs. I don't know. You can also share your credentials. For example, any writing degrees that you may have, if you've worked in the industry before, any awards your books may have received or were nominated for, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and finally, uh, one of the best ways to write an effective author bio is to be personal. Share a fun fact or two at the end, show your readers that you're human, but only include a quick fact or two um, because you want the bio to be short and sweet. Um, and also, as, as Ari said, one way to be personal is if you use a certain tone or a voice. Like, again, if you're a comedy writer, then make it funny. Throw in some wacky facts about yourself. Throw in a couple of, like, random unique words. Um, it'll certainly catch people's attention. Exactly. It's the same with, like, romance authors. I've seen those where sometimes their bios are a little bit more flowery. <laughs> a bit, bit more like, you know, she loves romping across the meadow <laughs> in in the summer rain kind of thing and it's, it's what you'd expect from a romance writer right exactly obviously rachel is right all that is so important and how you write your bio i just want to make a little point about the fact that what what she said it would talk about the bio in your book because you should have a bio in the book i think it's at the back isn't it i believe it's at the back so after you finish the book you get to the back and that's where the bio is there are other bios you will probably if you write a blog if you have a website you'll probably have a bio on there they can usually be longer um in, if you have a newsletter it's a good idea to keep a very short bio at the very end of the newsletter kind of to remind people who the heck you are because you'll be surprised how many people sign up for your newsletter but halfway through they're like i can't remember who this person is or why i'm following them so having that little bit at the bottom just to remind people and again People might come for your newsletter because of some freebie that you've given and don't really know much about you. So a little mini bio at the bottom. You also need a bio on your press kit. And some of these will be different to your bio on the back of the book. That is the most important bio, the one in the book. So take your time with that one. But you can then take that and then either make it longer for your blog, make it more personal, make it shorter for your newsletter, things like that. So, yeah. And I mean, I know some people use the same bio on everything. I don't agree, mainly because size is very specific. You know, a blog bio is usually longer than the bio on the end of a book. So you don't want to just constantly use the same one because you might end up with a bio in the back of your book that's like four pages long. Nobody wants that. Shouldn't be that long. <laughs> just saying. No, that's an excellent point because that actually brings me into my next point is that you do want to write a few versions of your author bio. Um, I know, as I said earlier, none of us really like to talk about ourselves and writing an author bio, even if it's short, can be tricky uh, because you might not know what to include in the information. You don't know how to word it and you need to get it just so. I mean, it's kind of like 
it's like writing a book after you, you finish the first draft and then you hate it. So you rewrite it again, you hate that one too, and so on and so forth. Uh, but if you write a few versions of your author bio, um, it is best to keep it short and sweet, but obviously feel free to write one that's a tad longer because as Ari said, you're gonna wanna have slightly different bios for different things such as your press release and your media kit and your newsletter and um, you know things, things like that because otherwise you're gonna sound like a robot too. Um, I'm, I'm sure that the same person who read the bio in the back of your book, they may also be signed up to your email list and they may also see you on your blog and on social media. And if you have the same thing copy and pasted, it just makes you feel like, I don't wanna say that you didn't put any effort into it, but again, it makes it sound like you're a robot and you're not really adapting to the different platforms. I think when writing a few different versions of your author bio, it might be best to start with the longest version uh, because then that way, when you write the long version and you edit it and you're happy with it and it makes sense and it sounds good and all that fun stuff, when you go back to write your shorter bios, you can take little bits and pieces of your longer one and take certain sentences out of that one to create the mini bio. So you kind of already have all the work done for you. You just sped up the process. That's actually a really good point, especially if you're doing interviews or being featured on a blog, because a lot of those places, they have word limits and they'll be like, I need a 50 word bio or a two sentence bio. And if you've got a nice chunky bio that maybe you use for your blog post, so, sorry, that maybe you use for your website, you can take those pieces out. And it just means you'll have your big, bio your smaller bios your ones for your book your ones for your press release and then if someone says yep yeah, i need a two sentence bio you can go boop, boop, take pieces out and it's quick and easy so yes definitely that's definitely a better way of doing it i don't think i did that i need to probably think about <laughs> i don't think i have a longer one either i think to be honest i think the best bio that i've written was for the one that you and i created for the about us for the podcast like, I don't even think my author bio on my book is good, but I can't remember it at the top of my head. I don't know, but I, I know I don't have a long version and I definitely need to do that at some point. Probably not today, but anyway. Um, and then I'm going to go ahead and say one of the common, you know, when it comes to do's and don'ts of writing an author bio, one of the common do's is to keep it short and sweet. Most people like to have an author bio that's no more than a hundred words. Um, I know we just said that, you know, you can write your bio and have them be different, different lengths and different versions and things like that. But when it comes to the back of your book and um, pitching for things, uh, you wanna keep it short and sweet because nine times out of the 10 people aren't going to pay attention for that long, I guess. Uh, it's like if you're you're interviewing on a podcast, if you ramble on and on and on with a 500 word chunky paragraph bio that you wrote, uh, people are going to start to tune it out. And it's the same thing with, with reading. If they see a big chunky paragraph that's about the author, chances are they might not care too much unless like your first sentence like really draws them in or you're their absolute favorite author or something like that. Uh, chances are they're not going to read all of that. And you want people to read your author bio. You want people to know who you are. You want people to, you know, appreciate you and your work. Uh, so 
yeah, half different versions, but for certain things you want it, like for the shorter ones, you want to keep it to no more than a hundred words. Or as Ari said, if you're, um, if you're writing a guest post or something like that, and somebody specifically tells you, write an author bio that's no more than two sentences, write an author bio that's no more than 50 words, then definitely do that. Uh, because it's always best to listen to guidelines, have, have your templates, have your different versions. And then when a guideline like that comes up, you can easily just be like, oh, I got that ready and prepared, all set to go. Don't write your bio in first person because it sounds less authoritative. It's better to write it in third person. Obviously, as we've said before, have fun with it. Write it in a different voice, in a different tone. So write your author bio however you want. But a general rule of thumb is to not use first person. It's to use third person. Because if you submit your manuscript to an agent or a publisher or an editor or whoever, it's again, it sounds less authoritative if you use first person, um, because after they read read your work and then they go ahead and they're like, oh, I'm a cozy mystery genre writer. It's like, yeah, we get that. Thank you. And um, I don't know, it just it sounds more narrow, I guess. Does that even make sense? At least if you write in third person, you're saying, you know, oh, Rachel Poli writes this rather than me being like, oh yeah, I, I write this, I did a thing. And I, I don't I don't really know how to explain it, but third person just sounds better when somebody else is reading it and reviewing your work. Uh, but again, I'll, I'll say, do whatever you think is best for your author bio, but a general rule of thumb is to use third, third person. I think in a book, definitely, because I think writing in first person in a book comes across as a little bit pom pompous, just a little bit. <laughs> it's like, I wrote this and I do this. But I'm going to add a little caveat. If it's something like the bio on your blog or website, that can be in first person because it's a bit more personable. You're sort of talking to the people who are visiting the website, things like that. Whereas the blog, the book, Whereas the book is definitely more of a professional thing. So having it in third person, it's almost as if you had people to write it for you. you know? <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, that no, that's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah, it's like a press release, you know, where it comes out about you. So yeah, that's def definitely first, uh, sorry, definitely third person in the book. If one or two of your other versions, you want to make it first person, like as I said, if you want to do it on your blog, if you're on social media, you want to have a little bit of a mini bio, you want to put first person, that's fine. Um, press kits, media kits, should also be in third person because consider them similar to the book. Professionalism is more important. Third person it should be. And yeah, as Rachel said, keep it short, especially in the book one, and try not to be so dry and boring. I don't mean to be nasty. I have read a few where... People had like loads of accolades and did like degrees and degrees about literate uh, literature and things like that. And wow, did they make so much song and dance about that? Yes, it's important if you've got a degree in writing or in literature, if you have won awards, that's important. But if you're just listing award after award after award, no one wants to read that <laughs> seriously. If it sounds dry, that's not good. So after you've written your bios, Take a few days, go back, reread them, change anything you feel doesn't work, and then give it a few more days and then hand them to someone you trust who will be honest with you. 
and say, could you read my bio? What does it sound like? Does it sound okay? Does it sound relatable? Does it sound professional? There are even Facebook groups, I think. I don't go on Facebook very often. They're in Facebook groups where I think you can actually put your bios up, one or two bios. Um, people will say like, didn't like this one, or I like the first one, not the second one. And people will vote on them and give you feedback. So again, there's loads of people in the writing community who are happy to give you feedback about your bio. Just like anything else, don't overdo it. Don't be posting this bio after bio after bio on one group, constantly tweaking it, asking for assistance. You know, I've seen that too. It's one of the reasons I don't go on Facebook very often. People get a little bit obsessive and they sort of take the mick by going, oh, I'm just going to keep putting bios up. I'm going to keep putting blurbs up and asking for changes all the time. It's like, that's not what those groups are for. But there are people out there who will help you. Just a thought. Yeah, that's a good idea because you can also probably give it to your email news, uh, your email list as well. I bet you, because you probably, not only do you have readers following you, but you probably have other writers and authors following you too. So you can probably, like if you're torn between two different author bios, you can send them in your email list, subject it, I need your opinion on something or I need your help. And uh, you'd be surprised at how many people will respond. It's like, oh, okay, I prefer option A or I prefer option B. And then you can ask them why. Does, does option A sound more fun than option B? Is option B too boring? Like, uh, you know, yeah, you can just, uh, I think that that would be interesting because you would get, you would already have a group of writers already there, but then also some of the your readers, uh, it's good to have their perspective as well because they're going to be the ones reading it. And also some of them will probably respond just because they're like, oh, I like this author. I get to help them. And people are into that. <laughs> they are. They are. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. A lot of people want to give you your feed, give feedback and opinions, whether you ask or not. So, yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. So you might as well ask people. And, exactly. And get, some, get some useful information. Uh, the only other point I want to make is something that Rachel mentioned earlier is make sure to update it regularly. You will change. Things will change. And also you will probably have your bio in more places than you realize. Almost every social media has a mini bio. If you have a blog, if you have a gravatar, if you have an old blog or an old website, if you have Pinterest, there's a million places you may have put a little mini bio about yourself. Be prepared to maybe every, what, well, I don't want to say every six months, maybe that's a bit too long, but every year, just go and check all the different bios and just make sure the data, sorry, just make sure the details are accurate. I've seen bios that have said, my book's coming out in, you know, January 2019, and it's 2021, 2022. And you're thinking, wow, that has not been updated. They could have had three more books out and you wouldn't have a clue. So yeah, especially if you're mentioning anything that's got a time frame or anything like that. So if you're saying I'm writing, I'm currently writing this book and then it's been published and now you're on book three, make sure you change it. So I think I think once a year is pretty decent, isn't it? Don't you think to go in and just have a bit of a change? Yeah, I would I would say so. At least once a year. I mean, you can do it more often depending on how fast you turn out books, but um, yeah, definitely at least once a year and make a note of it. Get wherever you have your author bio, whether it's Google Docs or you have it in Scrivener or wherever, like create like a little table for yourself or a little calendar or something and say, OK, this is this is the platform. This is Pinterest, Twitter, Instagram, blog, whatever. 
and then copy and paste the bio for that and then um write a date be like as of june 1st 2022 these are all the bios that are on my social media and my email list and blah 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 and then that way like after a couple months go by or you release a new book or a year goes by if you decide to do a yearly audit on yourself you can look at that and then really look so that way you're not you're not typing in pinterest.com you're not going on your email list you have all of your author bios in one spot and you know which platform they're on and you can say okay which one of these need updating if they need updating at all and if they don't change the date this you know these are still the same bios as of june 1st 2023 they didn't need to be changed so you know i'll check back again in a couple of months or in a year and uh yeah it's the same thing with everything when it comes to writing you got to write these things down and you got to keep track of them lots of paper lots of notes a lot in the brain i think that's it i think i've got the number of calendars and diaries that just keep random things like don't forget to check that yep mm -hmm. i have to say the idea of having it having like all the details maybe on like a scrivener file and then putting the date against it when you yeah. changed it i did not think of that why did i not think of that that is bloody genius i need to think of that yeah because in that way you can when you look at it be like when the hell did i write this i don't remember <laughs> and then you can be like oh this needs updating and it's like it could have needed updating like three months ago you know i don't know <laughs> that's very true it yeah. actually makes me think about the bio itself i'm just gonna zigzag back to what we were talking i've seen a lot of bios in professional ones like traditional published authors where they've been like you know as you said they mentioned maybe like oh i live with my husband and my four-year-old child and my dog called gunner and you're thinking I find that weird. I don't think I would be that specific, mainly because in 10 years time, someone's reading it going, oh, so they've got a dog called Gunner and the kid's four. And it's like, no, did I say four? <laughs> I can't even remember. But like, no. So I always find it weird when they like go really deep in like, you know, oh, pregnant with my second child. It's like, well, not anymore. It's been four years. <laughs> so I don't know. That's that's my personal opinion. I wouldn't go and add too many. I'd, I'd still be fine with saying like you know, lives in like where lives in Northern Ireland with her cats because I'm always going to have cats. You know, I probably wouldn't list the cats because obviously as they pass, if someone sent me an email like some fan was like, oh, I love the sound of your cats. Can you send me a picture of this one? I'm like, no, he died. So I don't need that kind of crap. So I personally wouldn't put certain details on i won't be like you know oh, i live here with my three-year-old child i would more likely make it generalized i mean i've always been a bit weird about that anyway because i have read authors who've been divorced you know and it's like you know separated from my husband it's like oh ouch okay <laughs> that's a bad thing oh so, my i know we mentioned that in the front matter video where it was like do mm -hmm. you do dedication to a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a wife or a husband and then like three years later, if it fails, it's like, oh, damn, my debut novel was dedicated to some asshole, you know, just things you got. This maybe that's, I just think like that. So No, good. I mean, it's a really good point, too. And um, I think you you want to you don't want to be too specific in your author bio, but you don't want to be too vague either. But I think if you're going to go one or the other, it's best to be more vague. Than specific, so. That's a good tip. I yeah, yeah I didn't, I didn't think about that. No, but you could you could 
sort of like hint at things in your bio, you know, you live in this place with your, you can say, you know, husband, wife, partner, whatever, and your kids. You could often like, give everyone's names or their ages with their pets. You'd have to give all the details. And then you can still share that information in your newsletter, in your lives that you do. If you do videos, you can talk about your pets. You can talk about your kids if that's what you want to talk about. Things like that. So, but you don't have to put everything in the bio. It's just, I don't know why I think like that. Maybe it's like the doom and gloom. It's like, it's never going to last. Animals are going to pass. Relationships are going to end. Sucks. <laughs> no, but it's like, it's, it's true. I mean, for me, like, I think my bio lists the animals that I have, not their names. I just say, you know, I live with my dog, my cat, my turtle and my tortoise. And that's it. But the thing is, I have, I have the turtle, the tortoise, the dog, the cat, and then I have three fish tanks. Like it would be easier for me to be like, you know, Rachel resides here with her zoo. You know, I think that that, like that. pretty much covers it, you know? <laughs> People don't need to know the specifics uh, because then it just seems rambly. No, I I that, that works. If you said Rachel resides here with her zoo, if I read that and I was like conversing with you as a fan on your website or on your Discord or something, I'd be like, I'd love to know about your zoo. What have you got? So it actually made me more interested to know what have you got? If it's a zoo, that must be a lot of animals. I want to know what you've got. I want to see pictures. So it actually works in your favor to say that. All right. Update <laughs> bio, making a note for myself. <laughs> there we go. I think we've said all we can about um, author bios, considering the fact that we're just rambling on something completely off topic. So I'm going to wrap up the episode and uh, quick recap. Your author bio is super important because it introduces you and your work to your new readers it gives you credibility as a writer and it can help convince people to pick up your books. And when writing an effective author bio, obviously you do you. Um, put your own spin on it, be unique, be funny, be snarky, be whatever you want. Uh, but it is, in most cases, it's best to write in third person and to keep it short and sweet but you can also have different versions depending on when you need a longer version or a shorter version or a two sentence one or whatever. And um, also keep it, keep it vague, somewhat specific, but you know, don't ramble too much. And also make sure you keep track of where your author bio is and make regular updates to it so that you don't outdate yourself. So with that, all of that said, we're gonna turn it over to you guys now. How do you write your author bio? And are there any tips that we missed? We'd love to chat about it. So tell us your answers in the comments below. And if you want more of the Merry Writer podcast, then be sure to follow us on Podbean, YouTube, or wherever you listen to the show. And for as little as $1 a month, you can join us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash the Merry Writer podcast for bonus content. It really helps keep the show going and we really appreciate the support. But in the meantime, you guys can tune in every Wednesday for a new episode of the Merry Writer podcast, where we ask all the right questions. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. This podcast is brought to you by Writer's Block. We hate our brains. The music titled Inspired is by Kevin McLeod, licensed under Creative Commons 4.0.